What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Eagles Monday Recap. I'm Alex Miller from the Eagle, joined always by Travis Brown, who's fixing his stylish hair. What's up, Travis? Well, I've noticed that recently, especially on the uh, the like post game recap ones, I don't actually ever look at how I look because I'm so busy setting up, and then I'll like edit it later, and my hair looks like mm. it. So you know, keeping keeping the lettuce, you know confined. I guess that's why they call it a face for print. <laughs> anyway, hey. Ouch. Ouch. I'm so sorry. Hey, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you, Travis. Th- thanks, Alex. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right. Hey, A&M, they have a, a big road game against LSU this weekend. It's going to just be a very different vibe, I think, than any other A&M LSU game and Baton Rouge in, in recent memory. You know, first of all, the game's at 11 a.m., so I I really am curious what a Tiger Stadium at 11 a.m. is going to be like. But number two, you know, A&M's still on the coaching search. We'll get to that in a minute. You know, Travis, we heard from Elijah Robinson and Nia Smith today. What kind of stuck out to you about uh, the way they're preparing for this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing to look at is the way that they're traveling to the game. It was a big point of... of uh, I mean, it was kind of a point of contention amongst some people around the program, but a big point of Jimbo Fisher's tenure that the team always traveled on Thursday for their away games. So that meant they went to practice, they got back, they showered, and then they pretty much jumped on a plane and went straight to there. And the reasoning behind that was Jimbo said they brought a bunch of their uh, you know, academic support staff people with them. And on Fridays, um, you know, while they were between practice and whatnot, they got a lot of their work done, schoolwork done with these uh, academic people. Uh, and, you know, there was some complaint. You know, and I Smith, we asked him about it today, and he said, yeah, you know, there's times when they went on these trips and, and they left on Thursday and, excuse me, they didn't get up there until uh, wherever they were going till like one, sometimes two in the morning on a Thursday night. So they're pretty tired. And then they get up early on Friday to do breakfast and walkthroughs and meetings. And, and, you know, and then if you didn't have any schoolwork to do, or you got it done quickly, you kind of were just sitting around for several hours until, you know, you got to sleep before the, the night before. And so he, he said, if, if it was up to him, he probably prefers going up on Friday. That's what they did. His, first season if I'm not mistaken second second season season. uh in 2020 when they had COVID restrictions and and things like that which made sense right right and so uh, Elijah Robinson said that they're gonna go up on Friday or go down on Friday to to Baton Rouge um but he listed it not because they wanted to change that policy excuse me Nicole's gonna be so upset I I yelled again (laughs) Uh, the uh, not because they wanted to change that policy, but because uh, they wanted to um, uh, because because the school ends on on Tuesday, and because they they had this Thanksgiving break, there isn't really any academic work to be done, so they're going to go ahead and go on Friday. But I, I'd be curious too to see if it if it is just a little bit of wanting to change things up some and wanting to. Uh, try something different because they have had this nine game true road game losing streak and something's got to change so tied for the longest in school history and it's uh it's clearly not working so see if the mojo has anything to do with anything 
it's going to be a tall task no matter what day they leave this week, though, because Jaden Daniels is one of the Heisman front runners, and mm-hmm. LSU's offense has just been humming late, lately. Yeah, uh, Malik Neighbors, one of his prime targets, been really good. You got Harold Perkins on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Jaden Daniels has just been a, a, a video game like to watch, um, and so he's going to be a tough task for for A and M um, and that and a defensive front that. Didn't really. That probably had one of their worst games of the season against Abilene Christian um, on on Saturday because they they only got one sack. Um, was one of their worst graded uh, pass rushing PFF games uh, according to PFF games of the season, and and so they're really going to have to step that up and, and get some pressure in on Daniels, or else it, it could it could be a field day for that offense that just is clicking defense. There's some issues there that A&M's offense might be able to exploit, but but it, I don't think that the way that A&M's offense is built right now, they want to try to get in a shootout with LSU. No, I yeah, I think that's uh, probably not a good idea. And, you know, somehow, someway, last year A&M found a way to beat LSU, even though they were on their way to the SEC championship game. Guess we'll see if A&M's got any magic up the sleeve this weekend in Baton Rouge. Surely. You know, Let's get to the thing that everybody wants to talk about, AM's coaching search. You know, a game at LSU is completely overshadowed by what what's going to happen in the future because Saturday's game is kind of nominal in, in the grand scheme of things for those things. Travis, what's uh, what's kind of the latest on, on that front? Yeah, um, you know, we got to talk to Ross Bjork last Sunday or, or two Sundays ago when the, it all the firing, together. yeah, when the firing <laughs> actually happened and we're starting to get a little bit more of a picture of, of what this is all looking like. Um, I think the most important thing that was brought up really on this is, is the contract is the fact that Jimbo Fisher's contract, that that's just not a path they can go down again. And, and it's actually kind of working in reverse a little bit of where things are trending in college football. When you look at A&M offered Jimbo Fisher, that huge fully guaranteed contract. And that's the important part, the fully guaranteed part you know, you had uh, the Michigan State coach. You had uh, James Franklin at Penn State. You started to see some more of these guaranteed contracts popping up and, and the market shifting that way in college football coaching contracts. And Ross Bjork has said it's, it, this has got to be structured differently. It's got to be incentive-based. There's going to be a base salary. But he said that there's lots of time within – lots of, lots of t- uh, new avenues with the new 12-team – college football playoff uh, system to add more incentives as you go deeper and deeper into the playoff to where um, he told uh, WTAW before the game that the if he if the coach that they hire wins a national championship he's ultimately going to receive the compensation of a national championship winning coach based on those incentives so I think that's important to look at because you would think that there would be some of the biggest, bigger fish names out there that I think A&M fans might be interested in. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, that they um, would not necessarily be interested in coming down here if it wasn't a guaranteed contract. Again, because that's how the market is moving. And so I think that they have to find the coaches that are interested. Now, he told those same in that same interview that he hasn't heard anybody balk at the fact that they're not going to offer a guaranteed contract, um, but that that is something that they're laying on the table early uh, in, in that regard. And so 
um, it's going to be continue to be an interesting search just because of that. And and one of the bullet points he said in one of those interviews too is that they ha- they have to find a coach that can handle the magnitude of A and M's job, and that's mostly just because of what they just did. You know, they they just fired Jimbo Fisher for the largest buyout ever. They're going to be, in essence, paying two coaches. And whoever they bring in to follow that act is going to be under a lot of scrutiny. Can they handle the magnitude of that? I think that's going to be another key selling point. And, and he, the quote was, uh, uh, this is not, uh, the A&M is no longer an eight and four job because of the decision that they made. So um, I, that's kind of where things are at. You know, there's been reports of, of interviews happening. He's said that they've had interviews, they've talked to guys, and um, that, that those interviews are continuing to happen. Uh, but that's, that's kind of the situation where it lies now. They, he has said that there's that December 4th um, deadline where they want to have a clear picture of where they're at because that's the opening of the transfer portal um, for new signees. And uh, so I think after this weekend is when some things should start kind of coalescing because um, that's when you're going to start maybe dotting some I's and crossing some T's if you're if you are really truly going to get somebody in here before that deadline. Well, and I think what's going to be interesting is you know if if it's a guy that you know is playing on conference championship weekend, which I don't think he's necessarily ruled out. No, and and you know that's a high level coach. You know, how does it all kind of fit into it, right? Like, if if their guy is someone that isn't playing, you know, maybe it happens as soon as Sunday, and they, they get it done, and and we're we're talking about who A and M's next coach is early next week. But if it's a guy that's not, it might drag on another week. But yeah, it seems like Ross and, and those guys really want to get this done as soon as possible. Well, and and having a clear picture of their candidate doesn't mean that we or the the fan base knows who that candidate is but sure. but it, it's locking down who they want um so yeah it was an interesting with some of the conversations he's had uh with us and with other people that they they didn't fire Jimbo Fisher knowing that they had somebody in in on hand before they they wanted that time to be able to conduct a search they said over the last recent history a nationwide search has not been done by A&M. It's, it's been, they, they've had a guy, they've gone out, they've targeted, they brought him in, that's how it's gone. Um, that's not been the case this go-around, and they want to do things differently. That's basically the the theme of this coaching search, is that they're going to do things differently, whether it comes from, with the contract, um, whether it comes from maybe the guy that they hire, but certainly the way that they go about hiring that guy, it's, it's all going to be different from uh, what what you saw with Jimbo Fisher and even some hires before that. Well, and you know this is this is a big hire for Ross Bjork because you know it's it's his first football hire here at A and M. You know when he was at Ole Miss, he promoted Matt Luke after they dismissed Hugh Freeze. You know he's he's made some pretty decent hires already at A and M. He got Jim Schlossnagel. He hired Joni Taylor. Uh, Chadwell's worked out on the golf mm-hmm. course. Uh, you know promoting Cortana has been pretty decent. You know. Jamie Morrison's had a pretty good season year mm-hmm. one, but this is the one that, you know, they they really want to nail down probably and, and is going to be the one that people look at here three, four, five years down the road. I'm going to be interested to see because ADs 
a lot of their job security and their legacy is built around football coaching hires and how much those hires sometimes win the press conference can dictate kind of how everything starts out. I don't necessarily think this hire needs to win the introductory press conference. I don't think it needs to be a splashy hire. It needs to be the right hire. They've done somewhat splashy hires multiple times in their history and they still haven't they haven't won a conference championship since RC. And so I think that it needs to be the right guy, it doesn't need to be the splashy guy. And I'm going to be curious to see how well that line is walked by Ross Bjork and those making these decisions of the splashy hire or um, the the press conference and how close it goes to either side of that pendulum. You know, on the other side of the equation, too, you know, none of AM's players have announced that they're going to transfer or leave yet, which, you know, when Jimbo got fired, doesn't it open up like they can they can go ahead and just ans- enter the transfer portal at the, they have like a window they're, they're, the window opens december 4th okay. um, so even regardless of the coaching hiring or firing they, december 4th is the day that they can officially start putting their names in if anybody has decided to go ahead and announce they can go ahead and announce and just Which I guess wait Raymond it Cottrell out. Did. He did, um, and and you can you can wait it out until. But that's the day when people okay. can actually start. And they actually shrunk the portal window. The days the portal window is open heading into this year um, to be able to give uh, college football, but even especially college basketball coaches some time off from the end of the season. Um, so they're not it doesn't become a 365 day job so there is a smaller window um, this year for for college football well i guess we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens travis it's it's the it's the greatest time of the year for a sports journalist when you're going (laughs) through a coaching search while everything else is going on so you know um from our perspective the way that Jimbo's firing was handled was was about as smooth as you can go. There wasn't weeks of, I mean, there was the speculation, but there wasn't weeks of, of firmer speculation and people scrambling. It was, it happened. It, we we covered it. It moved on. We've reached this stage, but now it's the the grind of, of texting and calling and tweeting and doing everything else that you can of everybody that you know and. We'll see. Uh, I think I think everybody involved would would be happy with this wrapping up uh, sooner than later. You know, I think I'd agree with that statement, Travis. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, be sure to check the Eagle.com as we give you all kinds of updates on AM's coaching search, their game against LSU this weekend, and lots more. Thanks for tuning into this week's Monday recap. Uh, will we will we be back next week? Uh, I don't. Yes, we'll 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 always be back. This might be the only podcast segment we do for the week because of the Thanksgiving holiday, giving sure. some, some people some time off before that LSU game. But I mean, there, there'll be a coaching hire. We got to, we got to talk okay. about that. Yeah, that's a good and, point. And there'll be podcasts coming up. It's kind of all in the same feed and everything. So we'll be back. We'll, you'll see us. Yeah, we'll, we we'll be back soon. Hey, and basketball season's here. So it's cranked up. It's, it's, it's going, they're heading to Orlando this week. So uh, big test, you know, they haven't always done well in those early season multi-team invitational events. That's kind of been a, a thorn in their side for, for a lot of Buzz's tenure here. So it's going to be a tough one, but it'll surely tell them kind of where they are getting real close to the conference season. 
All right. Well, hey, thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the Monday Recap. We'll see you next time.